This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky inside our San Francisco studios. Matt Kolsky, the losing streak is over. The Warriors hadn't won a game in 15 days. Got to go all the way back to November the 4th at home against the Portland Trail Blazers. Seven consecutive defeats between then and tonight. But the Warriors are, in fact, victorious in Memphis. 114-95 is the final in this one. The Dubs trailed by two at the end of the first quarter, but they would use a uh, a big-time run, 23-2, to over a 7-minute and 10-second stretch of the second quarter. 33-16 is how the second quarter goes. It flips the game in the Warriors' favor, and, and they were able to, to actually cruise to this win in a game they led by as many as 23. I'm overcome by a desire to sing the, the song Walking in Memphis, but with winning in Memphis instead. <laughs> it, it was... This was the best effort you can get from that Warriors group, I think. I mean, it, notwithstanding Eric Pascal uh, slightly down night due to foul trouble, he still shot the ball pretty well. They all shot the ball pretty well. Uh, if <laughs> I hate to do it to him, but if you take Jordan Poole out of this thing, 8 for 24, that's 33%. That'll get the job done as a team three-point shooting percentage. This was... Really, really good. And my favorite part was Marquise Chris, who the first time I saw him in preseason, I said, they're going to have to find a way to get him on the roster. And the more I watch him get opportunity and improve, particularly on the defensive end, the more I think they got to find a way to keep him on the roster through the year, if not into next year. 888 957 The Chilton Auto Body text line open as well. Here at 95795, it's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's J.D. and Kolsky here. We're with you until 9 o'clock. The Warriors win it 114-95 to as a Golden State now 3-12 and on the season. Uh, we were looking for a bounce-back game from Alec Burks, and boy, did he have it. He winds up with a game-high 29 points on 9 of 15 from the floor, and uh, the Warriors, it looked like if you consider Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the backcourt, I, I know the official box score does, although Draymond Green technically was playing the point guard. Right. Uh, the Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson were a huge part of tonight's game, a huge part of the, the huge second quarter run. They wound up combining for 31 points in the first half on 13 for 18 shooting. They go for 49 combined on the game. 
I mean, that's almost like having a, a Stephen Curry and a Clay Thompson out there. <laughs> yeah, other than how it looked, absolutely. And I don't know how many of these games Glenn Robinson is going to have. It's convenient that he had it in a winnable matchup with all the talent missing. But I, I think this is basically what you expect from Alec Burks. Maybe not 29 points. Maybe not quite whatever 60% shooting that he had tonight, but generally speaking, uh, an offensive playmaker who has the ability to score in isolation as much as anyone who's healthy on the team right now, probably more so than anyone who's healthy on the team right now. And with Pasco in foul trouble, it fell to Burks. The second quarter in particular, he just took over the game. I mean, he really did. Five of six in the quarter, 10 points. And the Warriors won that quarter 33-16. to And to me, it was that offense from Alec Burks, and then it was good defense really across the board. Yeah, the Warriors continued the better defense for a third consecutive game. I, I think it in hindsight, we may look back, and at least for a stretch of this season, they may have found themselves bottoming out in that Laker game going back six nights ago down at Staples Center. Uh, Steve Kerr just adamant uh, that it had to get better than it had been. Uh, and you look at the last three games, incrementally, the the Boston game, the, the New Orleans game, although the Pelicans hit a bunch of threes and they ultimately win that game, and the game tonight, especially in the second quarter, where they really made life difficult uh, on the Grizzlies. I, I thought Draymond Green set a tone defensively tonight, and that's been a theme when the Warriors have been competitive. It's It's been... Finding scoring from a couple of, you know, whether it's Pascal and Burks or tonight Burks and Robinson, finding scoring from a, a couple of places and and Draymond having similar Draymond games that we're used to seeing even when this team is loaded with all the talent they've had the last seven years. Yeah, defense is contagious. And so setting a tone defensively is, is super important. Draymond talks about that all the time. He calls himself out when he doesn't feel like he set the tone defensively properly. And not just this stretch or tonight, but Draymond is clearly taking some responsibility for controlling the defensive end of the floor. There was a, a possession that we talked about on Sunday where he single-handedly was responsible for three or four stops as the Pelicans kept getting offensive rebounds, and he just seems like he's everywhere on defense, and the team is following suit a little bit. How, how concerned are you that it becomes difficult to maintain this defensive level when they get some of their offense back. I think it will be, but that's you're just going to have to jump off that bridge when you get to it. <laughs> Fair enough. As, as I like to say. I mean, look, this this whole entire season is something that, that Warriors fans haven't seen in some time. Yep. And it, especially by comparison to what this team has been the last seven years and, and especially the last five years. So to me... There are going to be all kinds of different goofy combinations and and lineups and and groupings that are going to have to to play together, and and the Warriors are just going to have to find the best way to compete in two, three, four game stretches based on who they have. So yeah. I, I I think that's how concerned. I, yeah, I'm concerned, but like a lot of things this year that are abnormal. You're just going to have to roll roll with it and, and, and figure it out as you go. If things go right, I think that the hope would be this. D'Angelo Russell, you're probably looking at mid-December for a return at this point. 
I, I would guess, maybe, maybe, I guess maybe it could be early December, but you got at least six, seven, eight more games. And I, I'm sure Steve Kerr would tell you, I think Draymond would tell you, you want to set a defensive tone and set sort of a, a defensive effort level uh, bar at a place where when D'Angelo Russell comes back, he's going to be asked to be better. Just like if you want to be a part of the maintaining of a, of a high defensive level, you've got to be more consistently engaged because that does, I mean, that does worry me a little bit that there, you know, you mentioned the Lakers game. That was also the last time D'Angelo Russell played a full game. No doubt. And I hear where you're going, but again, as you've said many times, Look, D'Angelo Russell's the Warriors' best he is. player. He is certainly but, their best offensive player among those that are going to be available for the most part this year. Quite obviously, their best scorer, and not—I I have not found him as upsetting or disengaged defensively as perhaps I expected based on his reputation and what I'd watched in the past. So I don't think it's hopeless, but I do think hopefully he's watching this and realizing to be a part of what's happening right now, which is a team that's playing better, he's going to have to be a bigger participant on the other end. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, Warriors wrap-up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The Warriors are victorious tonight in Memphis, 114-95, snapping the seven-game losing streak. Warriors' first win in 15 days. It was the Warriors' longest losing streak since April of 2012 so that's pre-Harrison Barnes pre-Draymond Green right after a couple of weeks after the Andrew Bogut Monte Ellis trade where the Warriors essentially at the end of the lockout shortened season were, were trying to make sure at all costs they hung on to their first round draft pick uh I mean just straight up they traded a healthy player for an injured player to get there so Right. So I just, but to take to take you back, the last time the Warriors were in this spot, yeah, you got to go all the way back to April of 2012. Uh, you, you have to go all the way back to January of 2014 to find the last time Alec Burks scored this much. It was 34 against the Nuggets on January 13th, 2014, as a member of the Jazz. Hasn't gotten to 29 since then. 888 the 19-point margin of victory, the Warriors' largest this season. Uh, the Warriors, although it, I mean, it, it plays because the Warriors won the game, they've won six of their last seven games against Memphis. Okay. So it, sometimes it's, some, sometimes the, the jersey matters and that's all you need. I think we saw that a little bit in the Portland game. You know, uh-huh. anytime the Warriors win, all of the stats about the Warriors beating Team X or Y are going to apply because the Warriors have beaten so many different teams uh, over the course of, of time here where they've been good. I, one note that is more relevant than the last, season highs in assists for the Warriors tonight, 33, and blocks 10. The Warriors 2-0 and now when they go over the 30 mark in terms of assists, which has been a magic number for years and really a magic number for anybody. The big thing, though, about the assists is not – just that the ball is moving, Matt Kolsky, but it's the shots are going in. You can't there get assists if the shots is. aren't going in. That's the difference. Some shots went in tonight. I mean, 48% as a team is not exactly electric, but it's a lot better than what we've seen most nights from this Warriors team. And 
it's weird that Eric Pascal, Glenn Robinson the third, and Alec Burks, along with Marquise Chris, are the scorers this team needs, but that's who it is at this point. And, you know, to, to have a chance to win in the roster disaster they're currently sitting in, the Warriors need big nights from Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson and Eric Pascal and Marquise Chris. So, you know, this is a good one, and... and I I do think there's some value to doing it against uh, talented young guys from another team and and kind of making them look their worst. Let's get to the phones here. We are going to hear from Marquise Chris. We're also going to hear from Draymond Green as well between now and 9 o'clock as it is Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. Uh, Let's go to Arnie in Berkeley. Arnie gets us tipped off here on Warriors Wrap-Up tonight. Hey, Arnie. Hey, I'm kind of wondering... um... I got very excited that um, Curry was going to be schooling Russell. You know what I mean? And uh, they're both injured. We ju- I just kind of wonder what's being done there that uh, makes uh, Russell uh, the next Curry or something like that. Well, uh, all right. Thanks, Arnie. I'm oh. not sure what Arnie was getting at there. I mean, I think he was getting at he hoped D'Angelo Russell would take cues from Steph Curry, but I think that – ship sailed to some extent when Curry had Aaron Baines fall in his hand. I mean, yeah. I'm just not sure what you can do there. And and D'Angelo, keep in mind, D'Angelo Russell does it. You know where D'Angelo Russell needs Steph Curry's schooling? Ironically, is on defensive effort. So maybe that is something that they can talk about yeah. while they're both injured. Steph because made himself into an adequate exactly. enough defender. Just by effort. Yeah. It's, he's, not, he's never going to be great, but he's average he's not the guy that torpedoes your whole effort because he knows where to be and he plays smart on the offensive end not look great players can learn a thing or two from each other no doubt but d'angelo russell is just a supremely talented offensive player who plays very differently from curry so i don't know if if schooling is as much the issue so much as learning to play with each other that i think is what we're missing out on and and what the warriors are missing out on you know one thing from the pregame that we really were looking at was the interior advantage that the Grizzlies had on yeah, paper. I think I know where you're headed. Game. And the Warriors, they, it was non-existent for Memphis. Yep. Uh, the Warriors did lose the points in the paint battle, 52 to 46. But you look at, at Jackson Jr. and, and Valanchunas, I mean, you're talking 15 points combined on six of fourteen shooting, I think you got to give him off the boards too. Uh, yeah, I think you got to give Draymond Green a lot of credit. We mentioned him; you know, he kind of set a a nasty tone for this one. I thought, which has been you know similar to you know the games the Warriors have been competitive in. When they've been competitive, the common theme has been you know Draymond's got a lot of that edge that 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 he's had you know throughout the last few years. And look. The Warriors held the Grizzlies down in terms of shooting 41%, just a tick under 41%. But the Warriors destroyed the Grizzlies on the boards, 51 to 37. So it's one thing to force them into misses, which is going to mean there's boards out there to be had. But then you have to get those rebounds. And tonight the Warriors got those rebounds. The the bigs were a non-factor for Memphis. Yeah, and credit to Alec Burks for his eight, but... Ultimately, if you look at the four and the five positions, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Valanciunas combined for six rebounds and Draymond and Cauley Stein combined for 20. 
and there's your 14 rebound advantage right there. And that's exactly what you needed on, on a night like tonight. Warriors get the job done 114 to 95 in Memphis. So one and one on this four game trip. It'll be a happy flight as the team heads from Memphis to Dallas, where it will be the second of a back to back, the Warriors and the Mavs tomorrow night right here on 95-7 the game. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. One of the stars of this one tonight is a guy that that I think we should get into a little bit more of a conversation about, uh, and that's Marquise Chris. Chris, yep. 17 points, 6 boards, 7 of 11, uh, a high energy and, and effort player tonight. Let's go ahead and hear from Marquise Chris uh, after the ball game in Memphis. It means a lot for us. You know, I think we've been competing. Uh, and I think this is probably one of the, the first games in a little while that we put a full game together. I think of just moving the ball and swinging side to side. Um, but, you know, the past three games, we've been locked in defensively and we've been in a lot of games. So I think being able to, to finish a game is, is good for us. Is it important to see, I mean, you guys have obviously seen the progress defensively, but is mm-hmm. it important to see like a win on paper just to cement the fact that you guys are getting better? Yeah, I mean, we said it two games ago that, that we, we didn't want to get content with just getting better. You know, we're, we're NBA players too and we want to win games. Uh, you know, and that's what we're here for. We're here to compete and make the most out of this opportunity. So, What was the difference for y'all in the second quarter when when y'all really dominated that quarter? I mean, I couldn't tell you. I think we are just locked in. Everybody, everybody came off the bench. You know, we were, we were ready to play. Um, you know, from the starters to the last person who got in. I think, uh, you know, we executed our game plan. Um, you know, and then later in the game, we kind of had some lulls, but, you know, we, we picked it back up and finished the game. What did you think of what Draymond did tonight, and how much does it help when he's in that playmaking role? I mean, I don't think he's ever not in a playmaking role. That's how he plays. He... He moves the ball. He, he he can score. He gets people in, involved and things like that. So I think that's just how he is. Um, you know, now that he's running the point, I think it's kind of more like there's a spotlight on it because he has the ball in his hands a lot more. But that that's just what Draymond does. Came up with scoring and with blocks. Was this one personally satisfying for you too? I'm just happy we won. To be honest, you know, I could have not scored and we won. Out of been all right. You know, I think tonight was just fun for everybody. I think being able to win and being able to put a full game together, it was good for us. Alec Burke's performance. He's a bucket. I told him at halftime, I said, you're nice, bro. <laughs> like, some of the stuff he'd be doing, I'd be like, wow. So, you know, and, and playing against him for the past couple of years, I don't I don't think he had the same type of freedom that he has now to, to be able to, to attack all the time. So I think it's nice seeing him get comfortable and being able to get into a groove. Seeing the starters get out to a lead and then you and Alec coming off the bench, do you yeah. have to approach the game with a certain mindset of let's extend, let's maintain? Every game. Um, yeah, every game. Well, you know, we go into the first time out. We, we, we love the energy always. You know, the starters, they do their job. We got to come in and, and try to do ours. And, um, you know, tonight I think everybody everybody did their part. Uh, so we were able to just maintain the lead throughout the game. What was your thought when you saw Draymond go down? And, and what, how relieved were you to see him come back? I was... I. I can't curse because I don't want to get in trouble, but I was mad just because it just seems like that's the type of things that are happening right now. But, you know, Draymond's a soldier. He, he fights through things. You know, he wants to play and he wants to be out there. Um, you know, and, and thankfully it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But, like I said, that's the kind of things that's been happening for us lately. So, just glad nothing happened. And Draymond Green did uh, take a spill. He fell on that that elbow and arm that had been previously injured. He did throw a sleeve on it, though, and, and, and come back 
into the ball game and, and, and finish the game. We'll, we'll hear from Draymond Green coming up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Marquise Chris saying all the right things after the, the Warriors' 114-95 win in Memphis. Yeah, and I want to get to Chris, but I got to say that the thing that probably scares me most right now is that Draymond Green gets dinged and looks at the roster and says, I can't sit down and tries to downplay the injury and it's a doing something worse because he's just the dude that you're going to have to tie Draymond to a chair if you don't want him to play when you only have nine available players. Um, so that makes me a little nervous with the elbow thing because it looked bad. It did. That being said, hopefully he's fine. Um, and as far as Chris goes, it, it just struck me watching tonight that the best of Marquise Chris is not so different from the old Andrew Bogut who was super effective from this team. Now, when Andrew Bogut was drafted number one overall and he had an offensive game that that involved a lot of different things, that was one thing. After his elbow injury, when he really couldn't shoot the ball, Chris is probably a better shooter than Bogut was at that point, but the skill set to me is very, very similar. Chris is a dunker. He is a defensive, can be an effective defensive player in the middle, and he's a really high-quality screen setter and passer and just smart as an offensive player. I don't, I'm not going to expect him to score 17 points every time he plays 21 minutes. But I think everything he did tonight is stuff he does. Like, tonight was not a game where Marquise Chris did a bunch of stuff he can't do under normal circumstances. He just did more of it than we usually see. And I think you got to find a way to keep this guy. He is so much more valuable to them than Willie Cauley-Stein right now. Like, if you gave me the choice between the two, it's not even difficult. I I think... And look, the Warriors are going to have to make a decision on Chris uh, in early January. I think it's yep. January 10th. When January salaries 9th. become guaranteed. He is on a non-guaranteed contract. So salaries for non-guaranteed players become guaranteed on that date. Uh, so the Warriors are going to have to make a decision on him coming up in, in a little under two months. About, and it might depend how six, healthy they are at that point. They also are going to have to determine at that point the value of keeping Chris around for the remainder of the year. And Chris maybe being there loan means to add something different or or keep a player on a two-way contract that's right for the remainder of the season so that that's an, an interesting dynamic that, that we can get into a little bit uh when we return triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero uh still time for some phone calls we're going to hear from draymond green we got the call of the game coming up as well warriors win tonight in memphis one fourteen ninety five. you heard it on 95 7 the game Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, and you at 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in on this one. The Warriors win for the first time in 15 days. Seven-game losing streak over. Dubs win in Memphis, 114-95. Alec Burks leading all scores, a 29-point effort for Alec Burks. Let's get to Jimmy in Walnut Creek. Jimmy, you are on Warriors Wrap-Up here with J.D. and Kolsky on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jimmy. Just by saying, I love your post-game show. I look forward to it. Um, the thing is, the only thing is, like Matt, you were just talking about Chris. We're playing the Grizzlies. He is not, 
he is an underachiever. He doesn't play with fire. But I don't really want to talk about him. I want to talk about Bowman. If, if- Hold on, Jimmy. Would I, I, before you just do the drive-by on Marquise Chris, let, let, let's stop on that for one second. You're, you're saying he doesn't play with fire? No. How many games of Marquise Chris before this year would you say you watched? Um, before this year, none. All right. So based on the 15 games you've watched, you would say he's not playing with fire? Because that's uh, that doesn't describe what I've been watching at all. Um, I just haven't seen – I've watched almost every Warrior game. I don't see the domination of a big man. And, and, and don't get me wrong, uh, Collie Stein um, – See you later. Don't let the door hit you in the back. Right. Well, he's not a dominant big man, Jimmy. No one is arguing that Marquise Chris is an all-star. What I'm saying is he's a valuable big man who's showing he can play defense and finish, which is something the Warriors really could use. That's all. Well, okay. I'll tell you what. I'll listen to that. I respect your thought. I'm going to call you back in about 15 more games. And yeah, I'll- we'll talk about Chris again. Now Now, go ahead to your next point. Okay, Bowman. <laughs> I'm telling you, a, a perfect example of Bowman is Patty Mills at the beginning of his career. And Patty Mills hopped around, didn't make a team. I don't even think he didn't make it in the pros. I don't even know if he was drafted. But Patty Mills ended up in San Antonio. And this guy plays, and he still plays with this unbelievable fire that the average NBA player doesn't play with. You know, they, they pick and choose their spots. But I don't know if it's Popovich that took him aside and told him, if you want to make it in this league, you have to play your butt off. And I think if Bowman played with that fire of every single play, if I was him, I'd get a hold of Patty Mills' tape. Not just that Patty Mills became a three-point shooter. I'm talking about his tenaciousness and defense and everything all-around play that he plays just that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe I'm not bringing it across right, but he plays with this incredible intensity. You know, And I'm not a big Patty Mills guy at all, but I love the way he plays with the intensity, and I think Papa must have taken him aside and said, if you want to make it in the NBA, you know, you're small. you got to play your butt off like every play is your last play, and I think he really plays that way, and I think Bowman could be a Patty Mills. Thanks, yeah, Jimmy. You know what? I, I like that I, yeah, I, I, as I think, a concept. And I think Kai Bowman comes into the league with more of an edge than Patty Mills ever did just to begin with. Maybe, yeah. And, I mean, I think I'll say this. I mean, Patty Mills, I think even as – as recent as a year ago, year and a half ago, probably wasn't competitive enough, edgy enough, good enough on the defensive end to really play significant minutes in games that really matter. He's elevated himself as his career has gone on to, oh, yeah. to you know become a more valuable player. The, the Patty Mills comparison to me isn't even the most important part of that that call. I, I think. Kai Bowman is probably an NBA player. Yeah, it, and it's I think looking, that, it's probably too early to tell, but I think he's a a back end of the roster, back third of the roster type that plays with a lot of the intangibles that that you want to see, and and maybe even could be a backup as well. If Kai Bowman was your third point guard, you'd be ecstatic. Yeah, a guy that's who, his best spot exactly right now. A guy who you can count on to compete when he comes in, who you can count on to not make boneheaded plays, but he's not really a point guard. He's a ball handler and, and a scorer, but he's not really a point guard. The one question for me in terms of can he be a, a rotation player on a decent team is how consistent can he get that three point shot? Because actually, so far. 
I mean, he's 38% on the season, and that's pretty damn good. I, I think that that's better than I expected from him, to be totally honest. And if he can, you know, if that maintains or improves, then I don't think there's any question he's an NBA player. Uh, I'll just say the last two years in college, he shot just under 37% over those two seasons. So, I mean, we'll see. But if Kai Bowman can shoot the three at or near 40%, he's tough. He's he's physical. He plays some D. And like you said, I think where the Patty Mills comparison fails a little bit is Mills is still not a great defender. I, I think sure. Kai Bowman's already a better defender than Patty Agreed. Mills is. And I, yeah, I, so I, I think, look, as is the case with Eric Paschal and Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, uh, even Marquise Chris, Jordan Poole, you know, even guys like Jacob Evans and Alan Smilagic who are injured right now, all of these guys are auditioning for can they be a part of a Warriors team that sees itself being a, a playoff contending, maybe even an NBA Finals contending type of a team next year. If Eric Pascal's going to be, or I'm sorry, if, if Kai Bowman's going to be on that Warriors team that that has those aspirations, it's probably going to be as a as a third point guard or yeah, a, a fringe guard guy that's, yeah. that, that, that's getting bounced up and down. It's too early to make that claim that he is that, but hey, he's off to a nice start and he's going to have ample opportunity to develop into that player between now and the end of the year. I, I want to go back to Quickly, I do Chris. think also, before we get back to Chris, uh, with for a guy like Kai Bowman, this sort of lost season where he gets an unnatural amount of playing time for someone of his ability at the NBA level that's the sort of thing that can make a career for someone like Kai Bowman. Definitely. Because if you're going to be the sort of dude who plays 15 minutes one night and then not for the next night and then three minutes and then seven and then 20 and then two nights off, like if that's going to be your career, at what point are you going to develop the confidence that you can do this thing? And getting to play 20, 25, 30 minutes a game, Kai Bowman, you can watch him developing the confidence that he belongs here and can do this. Yeah, so and if I, it's not the Warriors, it might be somebody else. Yeah, he's going to be that in the league. They wouldn't have had enough tape to even exactly. know one the, way or another. There will be a spot at the back end of someone's roster for Kai Bowman for uh, years to come, I would think. 888-957-957-0, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com. The home of Home Search. It's John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky. I want to go back to Chris. Yes. Because I think you and I differ a little bit on Chris. Uh, great ball game tonight for him. 17 points, 7 of 11. Uh, he brought intensity, brought intangibles. Uh, but the Warriors are going to have to make a decision on guaranteeing his contract the first third of January. Uh, he's pushing that conversation right now. I think if we had talked... 10 days to two weeks ago, it would be, well, he isn't going to be around. Uh, he's pushing that conversation now. I, While I like what he's brought to the table, there's going to need to be a few more nights like tonight, in my mind, before the Warriors say he's somebody they definitely need to get a look at for a full season as to what he could be next year or as a guy that could maybe stash, you know, as a, a depth option for next year's squad. And I, I think you're right. First of all, I'm, by no means has he guaranteed himself anything. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm expecting more nights like this. Because, I mean, I watch this, and I would say, A, I already want Marquise Chris in, in the starting lineup ahead of Willie Cauley-Stein, just for my own money. Because when he's out there, they can 
defend the paint. And when Willie Cauley Stein is, they they really struggle to defend the paint. The, the other the other thing is, like I said earlier, he strikes me as the style of big the Warriors want when things are right. And I can't get past the fact that yeah, the Warriors should get a really high draft pick this year because of all the injuries. But if they are the team they want to be and expect to be year after year moving forward, opportunities to add top 10 level draft talents are going to be few and far between. And here you have one who, granted, flopped for three years, but also still had that talent on draft day three years ago and is only 22 years old. Like, this is just... In the same way that it made sense when when the opportunity presented itself to get D'Angelo Russell because you just weren't going to have an opportunity to add that level of talent in with the departure of Kevin Durant unless you did it there, Marquise Chris strikes me as a guy who, look, he may never be a, a useful regular rotation player in the NBA, or I really think he has the chance to be an NBA starter for a decade if he puts it together. So that's something I would be willing to take what might be considered extreme steps to secu- to, to hold on to that uh, if it's even possible. And, and I think that's where it gets interesting because for it to be possible, they got to get a lot healthier by January, particularly at the guard positions. Yeah, it's twofold. I mean, they may just need his spot to be able to, say, convert Kai Bowman to a deal for the rest of the year. They may need his spot to, to add somebody if they're down to eight guys well, at that yeah. particular and let's point forget, in the year. Like, let's forget imagining future injuries. Let's well, stick it, with the Kai Bowman part I because mean, that, right now is a perfect example of, of how that works, right? Because he's going to be active every possible day exactly. that and, and he what can if, be between now and then, and that's going to get pretty close to 45 right there. We're going to be – there. first of all, Kai Bowman has no shot of that 45 uh, – the 45 days he's allowed to be at, at the pro level – there's zero shot at this point of that lasting to February, right? I mean, it's just not possible with as much as they need him. Now picture if you had this roster and Kai Bowman wasn't available. You literally yeah, don't I mean, have look, a ball-handling guard on the team. If the move had to be made today, you have to cut Marquise Chris. Chris would be gone. So, so I see your point, and you're absolutely right. Like They may not have a better option, but when I say I'd be open to doing something that seems a little extreme, I mean like, hey... Anybody want Willie Cauley Stein? You can also have well, who's good? Well, here's the thing on Willie Cauley Stein though: future considerations and a second round draft pick. Well, and that's the thing: you're at this point, you're you're going to have to pay somebody to take Willie Cauley Stein because Willie Cauley Stein has an opt in, albeit for a little over the league minimum. It's not much, but you're sticking. He has an opt in for next year. You are sticking someone, and he's played badly enough to where he's probably at a point where if the season were over today, he'd be opting in. That being said, if there's a team that has desperate big depth issues maybe they would take him on not having to give you anything if you're if they're also getting a second round pick out of it or something and when I say I'd do something semi-extreme that's the sort of thing I mean whether it's kicking in a draft pick to move Willie Cauley Stein whether it's seeing if someone's interested in Omari Spellman who I think has probably improved his stock marginally since arriving here like I would be frankly right now if I was Bob Myers I would already be looking ahead to the moves I need to make to get Marquise Chris locked in for the season and guarantee his deal. Because not, okay, and I see, just I'm think not it's an yet. opportunity. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I need to see more games like tonight before I before I get to that point. Because I think I think there are enough 
there will be enough players out there that could provide similar production That's to true. Marquise Chris at a similar rate than Marquise Chris. That's true, but they're all going to be— When this team is more talented next year. But they're going to be 32 years old. Maybe. That's and, the difference. And, yeah, and, and, and that still may be the better play. It might be. It, 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 and, and again, a little too early to tell either way. I'm totally. just not sold yet. I, I And as you've said a few times as we've had this conversation off the air, a 32-year-old might be the right thing for next year because next year you're trying to win. You're, you're not trying to develop. This is the development year. But that's why, like, if you use your development year and then everybody you develop goes out the window, then what did you do? Fair enough. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky. Call the game, and we'll hear from Draymond Green before we get out of here. It's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors Wrap-Up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky. Warriors win tonight in Memphis, 114-95, the final. Golden State now 3-12. and 12. Quick turnaround for them. Quick turnaround for us, Matt Kolsky, as the Dubs will be back Indeed. in action tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. Tip-off for that one at 4.30. We'll be on the air with Warriors Live at 3. Of course, you'll be back with uh, Damon and Ratto at 2 o'clock, as you are each and every day here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Screen by Marquise Chris. Draymond lob for Chris. Goes back and dunked it. He reached way back with his right hand and slammed it down. All right, call the game there. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning to Joe Lowe and Dibbs here on 95.7 The Game. 9.30 a.m. if you know the call that we just played tomorrow and you can correctly identify it, you will win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Warriors win in Memphis, their biggest win of the year in terms of margin of victory as Golden State gets it done by 19 points. Draymond Green a little banged up after this one. He set a tone early and often in this ballgame, eight points. 10 boards, 11 assists. Let's hear from Draymond Green following the Warriors' victory. Uh, it's a little sore, but it's all right. Nothing um, too major. Uh, Bruce. Give you a bit of a scare, though, giving everybody else it's hurt? Uh, no, you know, you're playing, you don't really think about that. You know, you just always are playing the game, but um, it's all right. Did you have a sense when you left that you'd be able to come back? Yeah, I knew it was just sore, uh, but... You know, it just felt like a bruisey pain, so I knew I would play through it. So, what was the difference for y'all in the second quarter when y'all actually dominated that quarter and ran away from them? Uh, they got 30 points there in the first half, I mean, in the first quarter. Um, and we started putting stops together. Once we started putting stops together, uh, we were able to get the, you know, get out and get some buckets in transition, get the game at our pace. And, you know, when you're putting, you know, three, four stops in a row together, you know, you're able to open the lead up. So. Steve said that you guys have been playing, you know, well over the last three games, but this is kind of the reward for how well you guys have been playing defensively. Do you see that? Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely see um, that there's some improvement. And, you know, with the improvement, you know, we've been talking after each game about, you know, we're getting there, we're getting there, just keep on working. 
But at the same time, we've also been talking about don't get comfortable with, with just getting there. You know, don't get comfortable with, um, hey, we're getting better. Like, let's try to make this we're getting better um, equal some wins. You know, we were able to do that tonight, and that was uh, that was important. Do you think the defense has gotten better just because you finally, I guess you have a group that you guys have some continuity? Because I know you guys have had injuries so much. Do you think that, you know, just the fact that you guys know this group a little bit more, that it's gotten better? I mean, you know, when you have uh, familiarity, you know, that definitely helps. But, you know, um, you know, I think we've just challenged ourselves. You know, that's something that we talked a lot about is, you know, getting better on defensive end. And, you know, we've been stepping up to the challenge. Uh, you know, we've been playing a lot of size, which allows you to switch a little more, uh, take more things away, rebound the ball better. Um, you know, so that's been key. But, uh you know, really just locking in on that side of the ball. You know, we got a lot of young guys. They're getting more experience. Uh, they're understanding more rotations. They're in the, And most importantly, they're understanding that, you know, if you're going to stop someone in the NBA, second and third effort, it's a must. And, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, we've been giving those second and third efforts, and that's why it's, you know, it's starting to show up for us on the defensive end. All right, so Draymond Green there following the Warriors' victory. Kind of the classic Draymond Green game, Matt. Absolutely, and and it's nice to see. Uh, and, and hopefully he doesn't feel too much worse for wear tomorrow because that's a heck of a challenge against the Dallas Mavericks team with probably the most exciting and best young player in basketball. And look, it was Pascal and Draymond and Marquise Chris playing well tonight, and the job gets really hard for all three of those guys tomorrow dealing with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. And the good news is Draymond Green sounds like he's all right. Sounds like he's fine. Bruce was going to play through it. I think he was sniffing a win tonight. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the thing is he Draymond is hungry to compete and, and prove people wrong in the win column this year. All right, that's going to do it for us. Warriors get it done tonight, 114-95 to over the Grizzlies. Uh, back in action tomorrow here, 95-7 the game. 3 o'clock with Warriors Live. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, at that point, want to thank uh, Alex Scott. Want to thank uh, Arden and Ryan as well. Uh, Butcher Shop is coming up next with Covey and Shasky. We will talk to you tomorrow. Warriors win, 114-95. You heard it right here on 95-7 the game. Good night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.